I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Raj Punjabi, head of identity content at HuffPost. And I'm Noah Michelson, head of HuffPost Personal. Welcome to Am I Doing It Wrong? The show that explores the all too human anxieties we have about trying to get our lives right. So Raj, you've obviously online dated, right? I have never online dated. I, I, how is that possible? I just, it's wild. I'm a meet cute girly. I'm very intentional about it. What about you though? No, I have been on every single site. <laughs> I've hated every single site. And it took me years to find people that I actually wanted to date. I have a boyfriend now. We, mm-hmm. we met on Hinge actually. Okay. But I had to claw my way through the flames and the puke to get to him. Benji seems worth it, though. He was. Hi, Benji. (laughs) But because of that, and because I suspect a lot of people listening have had the same problems, this week we're asking, are we doing it wrong? Online dating. Yeah. And we're in luck because we have Dr. Jenny Young. She's a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. And it's really interesting. She has a PhD in rhetoric which she uses for something she calls the burned haystack method. She's going to tell us what that is and how it's going to make everyone's dating life so much better. Pop off, queen. Can't wait to hear it. Jenny, thanks for being here to explain how to burn it all down and find the person we want and deserve Um, To start, can you just tell us how you developed the burned haystack dating method? Because it's such a great story. And like so many things, I feel like for you, necessity truly was the mother of invention. Sure. So like a lot of people, when I first tried a dating app, I didn't really give it any thought. That's just kind of what you do. So I wasn't mentally or emotionally prepared for it. And I fell into the cycle most people fall into, which is that you try to make it work for a while until you're completely demoralized and depressed. And then you just swear it off, shut everything down and swear you're never going to do it again. 
And then three months later, you try it again. And it's this vicious circle that never ends and really never progresses or goes anywhere. So the maybe the third or fourth time I tried it, I thought, okay, what do I have to bring to this process <laughs> that could potentially make it better? And I'm a professor of uh, writing and rhetoric at uh, University of Wisconsin in Green Bay. And my academic specialty is something called critical discourse analysis or CDA for short. And what that basically means is it's like a fancy academic highly formalized way of reading between the lines. Mm. And I thought, okay, that's what I've got. It's my one trick. It's the one thing I know how to do. I should be able to read these apps, both in terms of text and images in a way that like cuts out a lot of wasted time and energy. So I started playing around with that and I decided I need a controlling metaphor Mm. (laughs) because I needed a framework to make what I was doing make sense to other people. So I was just kind of playing around with ideas and I asked myself, what is, what is it people really want? And what they want is to find that one person, their, their, you know, proverbial needle in the haystack. Now I wasn't, that's not what I thought I was going to use. I was just thinking that's a starting place. So I Googled, how do you find a needle in a haystack? Hmm. And the answer, which I'm embarrassed to admit never occurred to me, is that you burn the haystack to the ground. And if you burn the entire haystack to the ground, then you're just going to be left with the needles because metal doesn't melt. And as soon as I made that connection, it was like I felt this spark of recognition. Mm. Like, like that's it. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And that's got to be the key. And burning the haystack is directly in opposition to almost all the advice women are given online about the dating apps. And I'll, I'll pause there, but I can expand on that if you want. I mean, I love a little pyrotechnic, you know, action (laughs) at the beginning of all of this. Can you tell us a little bit about the Facebook group? I know that you started out with some great followers and then it just kind of blew up. Yeah. So when I decided to like formalize the method and, you know, write it into rules, like nobody wants to be on a dating app. I don't think, at least I didn't want to be. So I thought if I have to do this, there's other people who have to do this. They don't want to do it either. I can probably like mentally tolerate this more easily if I make it into an academic project and also more of like a community thing that could help other people. So I had some art, a little artwork done for this to communicate this burned haystack idea. Um, I had an early article out in the independent. And from that article, I had like a bunch of women from women's writers groups I was in on Facebook and just some friends and colleagues of mine. And the original group, I mean, obviously it started at zero, but then it stabilized at about a thousand, about a thousand women after several weeks. And then fortunately I connected with Mr. Noah Michelson and the article in HuffPost came out about the method and then it exploded. (laughs) So as that was one month ago. And as of this morning, I think it was at 12.5 thousand women. Um, And then there's also, there's an Instagram feed that supports it also. So the thing I love about it, I mean, I loved your article, which is why I I published it obviously, but I love this because I know you're, you're mostly working with or for women, older women, women, middle-aged women, um, non-binary people, but 
I also saw in the method that we're going to talk about, like, this could relate to anybody. You could be a man and do this. You can be queer and do this. You can be 22 years old and do this. There are things that you can take away from this and actually Mm -hmm. feel like you're learning something too. So totally, you had a very specific audience, but it's for anybody. The other thing I love too, is that this is there. It's gimmicky, right? Like you have a gimmick. But yeah, you're yeah. not but you're not charging people for this. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to make money. You're not going on Shark Tank with this yet. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> like you just were like I want to start a community. I've learned these things about my own life through this method about dating. Maybe this will be useful to some other people. Lori would totally invest in this. Just saying if you do want to go on Shark Tank. <laughs> she's the one. She's the one. Yeah, I yeah, totally it's, agree. It's been really cool. And because the the group's gotten so big and diverse, we have all these different like layers of expertise now. Like we have women in there who are, you know, specialists in information technology, internet security. We have all kinds oh of God. attorneys of various types. We've got psychoanalysts, we've got therapists and social workers and teachers and medical people. And it's, it's really like elevated the intellectual approach, I guess, to tweaking and refining the project. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like if you are looking for a monogamous partner, why not go after it like a job? Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. And that's exactly how we approach it. So I do have to ask, cause I know this is like one of the more salient things people want to know. There are mm-hmm. so many dating apps out mm. there and they're really targeted toward different people, different demographics. Do you have kind of a ranking for them? Are some better in general than others? Um, Yes. And again, this is, you know, based on my experience and the experience of the women in the group. So I think it might shift like according to region, but overall, these these are my hot takes. Hmm. It, It seems like Bumble and Hinge right now are the most relationship oriented apps and, and the ones that tend to be a little more popular with professional people. Now, all the apps go through these like spikes of popularity and then they kind sure. of fall off. So Bumble and Hinge seem like kind of where it's at right now. Uh, Tinder. I mean, I know there's people who meet their spouses on Tinder, but <laughs> the general vibe of Tinder is, is that it remains kind of a, a hookup app. That's proudly so. It works really well. <laughs> Tinder for, go for Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Match.com, within the group, it's kind of being known as the land of sad old white men. So <laughs> don't get lost there. <laughs> to Match.com, but it's it's not great. Okay, Cupid is interesting. They have tons of questions. There are a lot of people on it, so there's a lot of matches. It's a little bit chaotic. I don't, I don't, don't, it's, it's like watching a movie or a show where, you know, there's like a lot of pop-ups and things going on, but there are a lot of people on it. I'm a little bit on the fence with that. eHarmony strikes me as over, overly expensive for what it is. And I, I don't know if this is fair to say, but I feel like there's some weird conservative Christian undertones of eHarmony. Okay. Can I tell you about eHarmony? When it first launched back in like the early 2000s, I was on every dating app. I had just moved to New York. I was trying to find someone and I'm monogamous. I've never had an open relationship. So I'm like, I want a boyfriend. I want a husband. Mm -hmm. I signed up for eHarmony. And you have to go through this crazy questionnaire. It's like, I'm not kidding when I say it's like hours long. I've heard about this. And at the very end, I made it to the end. And they're like, we found your special match. Her (laughs) her name is Olga. (laughs) And I was like, Olga, 
no, I want a guy. And they were like, oh, well, we don't do gay people. This was back before they got Stop sued. It. They okay. didn't use, they used to not be able to do queer matching. And Whoa. then they got sued and they had to do it as well. And so, but yeah, it was me and Olga on eHarmony. But I, I oh agree with you. God. There was something really creepy about it. Maybe it's changed in 20 years, but I was like, this is not the site for me. Wow. Okay, that's really yeah. good to know. Even if I, there's vibes, uh, I think it's important to know. So I met my partner on Hinge. And I okay. really liked Hinge because the thing I wanted was that I wanted some questions that asked me and the people I was going to be interacting with like about themselves. And then mm-hmm. I had some content to work with. And mm-hmm. so for me, like if you didn't fill those questions out, automatically was not going to swipe on you. So you're not just like, like a picture only guy. No, because what does that tell you? <laughs> and that's what I'm, that's what I would love to hear from you, Jenny. Like, what do you think about like, ones that offer you more opportunities to talk about yourself versus just photos or what for the burned haystack method, where where do you stand? So you would be squarely within burned haystack method based on what you just said, which is if someone like doesn't even want to be bothered to fill out a profile, they're probably, I mean, they might be a fine person, but they're probably not really that serious about wanting to find a partner. So I would say most people who are applying burned haystack method are blocking those matches the ones that don't have anything but pictures and and this you know there's a lot of scammers and bots and ai people now and they generally don't have a lot of information either okay so i just want to clarify so the Mm -hmm. method does involve kind of just trashing anything any options that feel like not viable right away not toying too much with the possibility quote unquote Right. Yeah. That's okay. if there's if there's two main premises of burned haystack, it's and again, this is the opposite of what women are told, which is so what women are told is be as appealing as you can to as many people as possible mm. and give everybody a chance. Oh, burned Lord. haystack says do the opposite of that. Be exactly who you are. You really only want to appeal to a very narrow field of people who would actually want to match with you and give nobody the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> There's just really not time. It's a, it's a waste of time. So we use blocking extremely liberally. And I think that's a little different because blocking is generally presented as like, that's something you use if someone is being toxic or abusive or sure. frightening. In Burned Haystack, we block everybody we don't want to go out on a date with. And the reason we do that, and, and you can do this, all the apps have a mechanism to do that that doesn't hurt the other person. Like we've made sure of that. At least every app that I've checked out, that's true. And what that does is prevent the apps from recycling people to you. Got it. Because they all do otherwise if you don't block. And then you're just wasting more time. So you want to yeah. like to burn. We say rule number four of burn haystack is block to burn. I'm seeing it all in social media now in different like um, abbreviations. I've noticed women are doing a capital B slash lowercase B. And that now means block to burn, which is cool. I love it. So that's one of the more powerful rules of burn haystack. So let's get into it. Let's say Raj or I were signing up for a dating profile what would mm-hmm. we want to have in our profile to start? Before we even start swiping or looking for other people, how do we signal that we mean business? We're looking for a partner. We're not here to screw around. Okay, so Burn Haystack has three rules for setting up your profile and 10 rules for managing your profile. And the three rules for setting up a profile are to, number one, write a specific and concrete profile. So something that's actually about you as a person 
and not a bunch of vapid cliches. So like no living life to the fullest, no partners in crime, no like swaks on the beach. No, I love to laugh. Like all those things. Everybody <laughs> loves to laugh. We don't need to say that. So we want to be a lot more concrete and descriptive. You want to think of it in terms of, can someone visualize this? Can someone visualize you doing this thing or being like this? So that's rule number one. Rule number two is no goofy profile pics. No filters. Like if you can avoid filters entirely, that that's best. Everybody's tired of it. I, I really do think like for all the superficiality that obviously exists in digital spaces, there's sort of this like collective weariness of it. And people want to see real people. Mm. And, and women in the group tell me all the time, if they post a picture of themselves out, like, you know, after a run with no makeup on, that's the one that gets the most positive interaction on the oh, apps. Wow. Cause I think there's like this hunger for, um, reality. Mm. So that's rule number two. And rule number three for setting up a profile is don't tell people what to do or how to be. Tell them who you are. Like this is your space to talk about yourself. So don't use it to say you need to be fit and fun loving and generous. And like, I don't think people go to the apps to be told what to do as adults. It's a little weird. And I don't think if I saw that, I would think, oh, this works. I am fit. I am fun loving. I am generous. Yeah, right. right. Like I want to know about them if I see their profile. Right. Yeah. And exactly. I don't like the undertones of you're right. I don't like the undertones of being like, you need to be A, B, and C. You be you, boo. Like yeah. I'll be me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've said a good profile is a bitchy profile, quote unquote. What does that mean? <laughs> so so I define bitchy as something that I don't actually think is bitchy, which is just being clear and honest and direct. And I'm playing with language a little bit because that's the kind of behavior that's gotten women accused of being bitches in the past. (laughs) Um, But I'm using it in a positive sense, being strong, clear, understanding your boundaries, being able to articulate who you are and to know yourself really well. We are pro-bitch here. Mm -hmm. I have to know, I feel like this is across demographics. People love posting pictures with their pets. I psychologically am very attracted to that when I see a person with a pet. Like, is that a good choice or should it be like a portrait kind of situation? No, I think it... I think it should be genuine. So if you're a pet person who has a pet and you love your pet, I think you I think it's a great idea to have your pet in the mm-hmm. picture. I also think there's been a pandemic shift with this. Like never before in America have we all been looking into each other's living rooms on meetings with the cat, mm-hmm. you know, walking by in the <laughs> background. So I think it's become, you know, pets have become more like family members in the public eye. I think I read somewhere that pet pictures statistically actually play well. I would mm, think so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I would think so. Okay, here's one okay. and then we can move on. But I've seen a lot of people, and this is obviously objective, um, but I've seen a lot of people post pictures of themselves with a friend who is object yeah. objectively no. more attractive. Right. And that sort of almost feels like catfishing. Like the first photo is them with this really attractive friend and then you swipe and it's the other person and they're not as attractive. And it's like, they just tried to get you through the door. And I, I felt kind of taken ooh, by that. That is a mess. Yeah. I think that's a bad idea. It's like, it's like lying about age, I think. Right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Yahoo Finance. Raj, I've got a question that I've been asking myself a lot recently. Tell me. Am I investing wrong? Ooh, I see what you did there. But I'm sincerely asking because look, I have investments. I have an account here, a 401k there, and I'm really lucky I don't have any crushing debt. But until recently, I haven't had the confidence that I've been doing it right. I know what you mean. We all want to make sure we're making good financial decisions, not just doing whatever Susie Orman told us to do 10 years ago. (laughs) Exactly. But that's why I've been using Yahoo Finance. Tell me more about it. Well, with Yahoo Finance, I've been able to consolidate all of my accounts into one place. And I got to tell you something. It's been so much easier. Okay, Yahoo Finance. It's giving nostalgia. Absolutely. You know, I found Yahoo Finance to be incredibly helpful for tracking everything I need with all of my money. And as you probably know at this point, I'm quite wealthy. I know, spiritually and literally. I am not a wealthy one percenter yet, So would the service be good for me still? Oh, 100%. Yahoo Finance is good for everyone, from the very seasoned investor or just a normie like you who's looking for a little extra guidance. It gives you all the tools and info you need. So if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like Yahoo Finance will give me a holistic look at the financial news cycle, original editorial perspectives, and so much more. That's exactly right. And let's just say Yahoo Finance is going to be the perfect place to link all your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. Hell yeah. I cannot wait to make it rain with the help of Yahoo Finance. (laughs) So for comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. Once again, that's YahooFinance.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So Raj, tell me, how is your social battery right now? You know, today it's pretty high and vibrant, but it varies day to day. That makes total sense because it's super easy to ignore our social battery and spread ourselves too thin, especially with social gatherings picking up after the winter. Truly. Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that doesn't drain your battery. For me, therapy has been illuminating. Just to be able to process day-to-day anxieties has helped me so much. I kind of wish that for everyone. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash doing it wrong today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash doing it wrong. Welcome back to Am I Doing It Wrong? Now, say you're set up, you've got these great photos. Um, How should you be interacting with people on these apps? How thirsty should you be? Like, give us some insight here. I think it's rule number two says focus on messaging over everything else. So like likes 
don't really mean anything, especially because of the gender imbalance on the apps. There's more men than women on almost all the apps. A lot of men will just go through and like, 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 like everybody to increase the odds. Same thing with those introductory messages that are like, Hey, you're gorgeous. I was really intrigued by your profile, but that doesn't reference anything on your profile. Don't pay attention to any of that. The only thing we pay attention to in, in burned haystack in terms of like dedicating time and energy is to personalized messages that Mm -hmm. reference your profile. And then we even have this like little graphic that it's kind of like a choose your own adventure of dating app messages. So it starts, it's maybe like a flowchart. Like if this person says this, then take it to the next level. Then if this happens, you say this, but if this happens, then done block, they're out onto mm-hmm. the next one. Mm-hmm. So we kind of try to like, um, like codify and formalize those sort of interactions because they tend to follow certain scripts. Talk to us about the profile starters that are actually non-starters. So when okay. you see someone's profile, these are things that you think immediately you can just block. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to read them really quick because they all kind of say the same thing, but these are lines that I see over and over and over again. And they sound like this. I don't really know how this site works. So send me a message new to this site. And I don't really do online stuff. I'm really bad at talking about myself. So just ask, I'm not a subscriber. So message me in any of Mm. those cases, that person is telling you one of two things, either they're just not that serious about dating and they're not willing to put any effort to it. And if they're not willing to put any effort into their profile, they're probably not also willing to put any effort into starting a relationship. And, and that's actually the better of the two. The other possibility is that, is that they're telling the truth. Like, like if somebody says, what can you tell me about yourself? And you can't think of one single thing. Like, how could you date that person? That's the easiest question in the world. So if you can't think of one answer to one question about yourself, like I'm blocking. Also, I feel like there's a third Thing. I feel like I'm smelling the hustle here. Like mm-hmm. this is like hustling at a pool hall where you're like, I'm not really online that much. I'm not on these apps. <laughs> and it's making it look like you don't, you're not a player out here in these streets. Yeah. And maybe you are. And you're like, I want this person to think I'm new to this. Right. I, yeah. I feel that too. I think you're right. <laughs> so bad on all counts. I agree. Right. I also just mm-hmm. want to quickly mention, I mean, for the most part, you're talking about very general trends that you're seeing, things yes. you've encountered, these mm-hmm. women have encountered. Of course, there are going to be some people who are really introverted, who really are bad at expressing themselves. Yeah. They aren't bad people. Maybe they do want a relationship. Mm-hmm. But you're just saying, by and large, for the most part, these right. are, there's always going to be an exception to the rule, right? Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I, the, one of the questions I get is this method is so strict. Aren't you concerned that you're going to rule out that one person who might've been your soulmate? And while I recognize that as a possibility, if you follow that to its logical end, then where does it end? Because it's also possible my soulmate is like across the street at the grocery store, at the bodega, but I can't just yes. drop everything all the time and run over there, right? So all of this is about like looking at trends, understanding patterns, playing the odds, paying a little attention to statistical probability, and then operating within those metrics to increase your chances. I, I hate to be this girl, but I truly believe if this person is on the app or at the bodega or whatever, and it's your person for however long, whether yeah. it's like a good 
fuck or a great relationship, <laughs> they will find you. Yeah. You know, they're not going to get, yeah, don't you believe like they're not going to get lost. And there's a lot of nonsense. And so the whole <laughs> yes, point so is like, else. let's get rid of some of the nonsense. There are shenanigans galore on these apps. To that point, I wonder too, like I've heard some people say, because there's so much nonsense, you could be messaging with people all day, every day. Like I literally wake up at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I message for 15 minutes and I don't check my messages until 9.15 at night. I spend a half an hour a day tops. That's smart. Do you think that that is smart? That's rule number one of burned hay, literally, of a burned haystack dating method. And the, the rule states the app is a tool it's not a game and it's not a place to live. And I, I liken it to like using a toothbrush. You use a toothbrush for a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes at night. You don't carry your toothbrush around with you all day and keep looking at it to see if it's doing something new. Um, <laughs> you, you use it as the tool that it is. And that's also way better for your mental health and your self-concept and your focus. I mean, what are you losing in the rest of your life if you're, you know, scrolling and swiping your whole life? That's real. That's real. This is a question that comes up a lot. What are the red flags mm. according to your method? I, I think I would say burned haystack doesn't necessarily identify what everybody's red flags should be, but everybody needs to know what their own red flags should be. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. To give an example, and this is one that's really, really common, um, especially from, from women and non-binary people who say that when someone starts out with sexual content, like from the get-go, that's a deal breaker. And that's actually not coming from a moralistic perspective. Mm -hmm. To me, that's like a social cue thing. Because if someone has a dating app profile set up and it's clearly aimed at, you know, wanting to forge some kind of an emotional partnership or start with friendship or whatever. And somebody else comes in and starts, you know, asking for nude pictures or something. That's an absolute failure to read the room. And it indicates that that person is really socially awkward, can't pay attention to context clues, perhaps missed like the biggest social and cultural movements of the last decade. I mean, if you sat through hashtag me too and haven't figured out that that you're potentially being problematic in that space, then there's a lot of other things that person's not going to be able to figure out too. For me, and I know for a lot of the people in the Facebook group, anything related to Donald Trump support is an absolute <laughs> deal breaker. I think we're at a time where dating has become more political than ever before. I, I'm someone who's also interested in visual rhetoric as well as verbal rhetoric. And honestly, if some guy has an American flag in his background, I'm probably done. And, and I know that sounds terrible because it, it, like it used to be a more neutral symbol, but it's very much coded now to mean something specific. And I know that what it means is not going to match up with my value system. So that's like a really efficient way to burn the haystack. That's amazing. I could not agree harder with you. I think that's fair. I think, you know, mm -hmm. if you see something like that, why waste the time? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you essentially want someone rooted in your values, right? Exactly. So I get that. And I think it's a gift if actually if they do put that in their profile or, or they is. just yeah. make it clear, then you know this person supports Donald Trump. I'm never going to date them. Move on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what a red flag for me is? Tell me. I mean, I have a boyfriend now, so I'm not on dating apps. But when guys would have a ton of shirtless photos, mm. yes. um, I was just like, you know, if you were at the beach or you're at the pool and there's one <laughs> of them. you're supposed to be shirtless. Sure, yeah. that's great. But like, that just, 
signaled to me like either like crazy insecurity and they felt like they needed that attention or just a huge ego. And either way, I didn't want that. Again, like if you want that stuff and you welcome it, say it, you know, like, and I think those people are out there and I love that for them. So say it, invite it and then like live your happy life. But if it's uninvited, Jenny, that's what I feel like, you know, social cues. That's when it becomes a red flag yeah. when it when it's uninvited. And I, I think most people ag- agree with you, Noah, that the shirtless photos are like an auto block. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. One of the things that I love that you do, and you do this on Instagram a lot, is you translate a scenario that might happen on a dating app into real life. Mm-hmm. And you say things like, if this happened to you in real life, you wouldn't put up with it. So why are you doing it on the dating app? Will you give us an example of one of those? Like, I know you have one about a job interview that that I love. Yeah. First of all, being on a dating app is kind of like a job interview. You're applying for the job of being someone's date, right? Potentially partner. So in this scenario, I want you to picture yourself as the interviewer. So let's imagine someone comes in and you ask the candidate to, you know, can you tell me? a little bit about yourself. And if he seems totally unable to do that or says, well, I don't know, what do you want to do? What do you want to know? Or just ask. That's kind <laughs> of a problem. But let, let's say you stay with it and you you ask a few more questions and all the responses are these kind of very like truncated, vapid, vague, abstract, like two or three word answers. It's just like not hooking you in as, as a listener. And then, oh, also you find out that um, he doesn't appear to have done any homework on the company and you're the company in this scenario. So maybe finally you say, have you had a chance to look at our website, at which point he's like, oh yeah, I did. I looked at the, I looked at the pictures. I looked at the pictures on the website. I really liked the pictures on the website. <laughs> and you might say, okay, but like, did you read anything? Did you read the bios of you know our, our team or anything? And he, has, he hasn't done any of that. And then you get to the point where you say, you know, and what questions do you have for me? And he's like, oh yeah, no, I don't have any questions for you, which is a super common experience for, wait, for women in dating app messaging. <laughs> So like you would not hire that person and you wouldn't doubt yourself. You wouldn't think, am I doing this interview wrong? Like, is it something about me? Am I the problem here? You would be like, you know, next, (laughs) like this guy is not qualified and he's boring and you just move on. You wouldn't like internalize it. When you put it that way, it's so clear. And I think that a lot of times we spend so much time on these dating apps. Um, You know, before I met my partner, it was the only place to meet someone. Raj and yeah. I were talking earlier and saying people just don't, other than Raj is like the unicorn and met her partner right. <laughs> in a bar, like most people are now dating online. And so there's just so much that goes into it. I mean, the translate to life thing is really interesting because I really am a proponent of meet cutes. I, my little brother, when he was single, I'd always like, you know, nudge him at the grocery store when I was at the end and be like, go talk to her. She looked at you or whatever. Like I'm, I'm a fan of all that stuff, but really what happens in those interactions are similar to what happens on dating apps. Yeah. No, it's yeah, really true. true. You're giving yeah. sig- you're giving signals, people, the way that people react to you. Yeah. It's all the same. Trying to be your best self without, you know, doing too much. How long should we be messaging before we start talking about going to text message or meeting somewhere? Like what, what do you feel is ideal for that? I think people have differing opinions about this. A lot of people are just fine sharing their phone number. They use one of those burner apps or something, or they use WhatsApp. Um, I, I like to have, 
I like to know who someone is before I would share my phone number. Like I'd like to have a last name and be able to, you know, do some verification. And and I would think within about a week to, to move to the next level, whether that's going to be, you know, talking on the phone a few times or meeting via some kind of video or meeting for coffee. I, I think once it drags out beyond that time frame, the chances of it coming to fruition go down dramatically. And if you talk to people who did meet their partners on apps, the distance from matching to meeting in real life tends to be shorter rather than longer. Do you think that's because there's like already chemistry happening? I think it's partly that. And and I think it's just that people who are more intentional about wanting to meet someone are more likely to be able to orchestrate it and then, you know, let it develop from there. On the other side of that, the exact opposite happened to me. I met this guy online and we met in May or June. He was going away for the summer to go teach somewhere. And we had this torrid romance over email. He, we emailed each other every single day, like 2000 word emails. Oh I, went to, I went to New Zealand for three weeks and I still, this is back before people even had Wi-Fi. I would find one of those computer terminals at like a cafe and email him every day. Aww. This is so romantic. <laughs> I fell in love with him over email. Then he came back and we went out for the first time. I'm already like, I'm marrying this man. And we had zero chemistry. Okay. So then we was got like into the restaurant yeah. and he just was not the person I really thought he was. He was just a great writer. Y'all are both great writers and that's what happened. Yeah, so I think also you don't want to drag it out too long because you don't want to fall for a version of someone. We can be really different people online. We can be our best selves or a different version. Yeah, really witty. Yeah. Yeah, so when I was heavily online dating, I always said we can text for, I made like three to five days. Then I want to meet you after five days because Mm -hmm. I don't want to fall in love with a version of you. That's not real. Right. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I think that's smart. Yeah. Where should we go? What's your ideal first date? If we've made it over all the hurdles, (laughs) what do you think is the ideal first date? Well, so I found from the Facebook group that this is really individual. Like mm. a lot of people want a really elaborate first date. Like that shows them that this person is invested and capable of handling some logistics. Um, I, on the other hand, I kind of like coffee meetings because then if it's terrible, I can bail. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and if that goes well, you know, then you could go on a longer date. But but I think that's really individual. And I, I think people should probably talk about that. That's like a good icebreaker conversation to have anyway. And and also a good chance to see if people can kind of cooperate and collaborate. Because if you can't get, you know, past planning the first date, it might might be a problem. And I love that there's room for individuality in this because my fir- my favorite first date is a walk. I love a nice walk. I love yeah, a walk that's too. That's a popular one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I met yeah. my boyfriend online on Hinge during the pandemic mm. before the vaccine. So we were all still in lockdown. Okay. So our first date was a video date, which I had never done before. Yeah. But actually yeah. that was great too. I mean, there's something different about being in the room with someone. Yeah. Like the way that yeah. your molecules interact. Oh my God. And pheromones. The pheromones and the scent. Like, yeah. Nothing can compare, but also you learn a lot just from doing video with someone too. Totally. You see their mannerisms, you see how they interact, if they cut you off even. Yeah. So I thought a video date wasn't a horrible thing, but our second date was, I think, a walk as well. Yeah. And then I say, yeah, a coffee or a drink. I don't want to go to dinner with you. What if it's horrible that I'm waiting for the appetizer and I just want not to be there anymore? Yeah. You know? Okay, I right. just have to say a side note. <laughs> yeah. Don't write off a cutter offer because I interrupt people sometimes because I'm so excited to be there with yes. them. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I think that you can read that energy and you yeah. understand what's going yes, on. Yes, totally. You know? yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's potentially a lot of blocking going on. So what if right. you get to the end of the rainbow and no one's there? Yeah. What if <laughs> yeah. you blocked everybody? <laughs> that happens, right? Like you've burned the entire haystack to the ground and there's no needles. <laughs> and we had the greatest discussion in the Facebook group about this last week because a couple women had said, yeah, like there's nobody left. And if you live in a geographic region, that's not population dense, like that could easily happen. And, and this one woman piped up and said, um, she said, I had an experience with this. I'd burn my haystack down to nothing. And I got that message that says you need to expand your filters, which is what any of the apps will send you. Wow. And she said, when the app tells you to expand your filters, don't do it. Expand your patience instead. Mm. And she just ignored that message and she sat back. And two days later, she met her partner. I and love that. She, you could wait a couple right, days. And she probably yeah. wouldn't. Had she expanded her filters, she would have been flooded with a bunch of people. But there's nothing to say that that guy would have been in that group. Right. right. So in that case, it worked out really well for her. Now, if you're consistently like burning the haystack down to nothing, you also might want to consider a different app. Like there might just not be that many people in your general region on that app, but it, it does. It's, it's part of burned haystack method and you have, you have to make peace with it. Like I, to me, that means I'm doing a good job and I'm, I'm a minimalist. So when I get to where, you know, I get that message that says you have no matches. I'm like, yes, awesome. That's perfect. I have a nice, like clean slate and you know, now there's time for new energy to come in. <laughs> So that's kind of how you did that. I love that. I think that's a good point, though, too, depending on where you are. If, if you're in the middle of Iowa versus being in New York City, yeah. you're yes. going to have less yeah. matches probably. But yep. that doesn't mean that you lower your standards or that you open the floodgates so that all the idiots can come back in just because you're lonely or, you know, it's really right. hard. I I was alone for a long time and I'm someone who likes to be alone, but I get it. If you really want to be with someone, um, Dating apps can be an awful place to mm -hmm. be because yeah. you aren't finding that person and it's sad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, just the concept of standards makes me laugh, though, and that really changes um, through generations, too. I have a really wonderful friend. Shout out to Shamia. Her mom says this hilarious thing. Like, he's got all his teeth and he's got a job. What's the problem? Like, <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing ever, right? Like, there, we have different opinions about what, what your standards are are and should be. Very true. And that's also what I love about the burned haystack method is that, yeah, you have some very strict rules or suggestions, yeah. but ultimately you're telling everyone that they have to do what's right for them. I think that that's where, that's where we're at now, right? Yeah, totally. And that's what I think too, when people listen to this, maybe not everyone's going to go join the haystack method on Facebook, but, and maybe they're not even going to agree with everything that you've said, but I do mm -hmm. think that you can take things away from this that actually are probably really useful. Even if you take two nuggets from today. Yeah. Right. You're probably going to be online dating better than you were yesterday. Yeah. And it's kind of like diets. And by diet, I don't mean prohibitive diets. I mean like people that are very attracted to like a plant-based lifestyle or Mediterranean. You know, it's kind of like when you're out there and you're single, you're going to choose something that feels comfortable to you. And this this is attractive for a lot of people. Yeah. This method literally grew from just existing in your brain to yes. now having over 12,000 people who are actively, you know, engaging with it, using it in yeah. their own lives. What have you heard from these people? And, and what has it been like to see this happen? It's been amazing. <laughs> I mean, this experience, this 
project and the people in the group have, have changed not just the, the current trajectory of my academic career, but, but really in my life. I mean, because I was just kind of like trying to game the apps. I didn't have any lofty goals for what this could be. I did not foresee like the community or the movement that it's now become. And, and I'm hearing three things over and over again that really kind of make my heart sing. The, the first is, I mean, first of all, we're talking about critical discourse analysis. Like, that's pretty <laughs> nerdy. It's not in the public discourse. So we had to break that down first and teach it. And, and people are like, oh, yeah, I could do this like all day long. So I'm getting a lot of messages that say I've never even heard of using critical discourse analysis, but now I'm using it for everything and it's changed everything and I'm no longer wasting time. And the men I'm engaging with are totally different than the ones I was tolerating before. I've even had women say that they're applying it in other as like aspects of their life. In fact, one woman recently said, she used burned haystack to like burn her father out of her life. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know that we want to go that far, but, <laughs> but people are, you know, applying the method in all kinds of ways. So, so I hear that a lot. I hear a lot of messages that say, I haven't even met anyone yet, but I don't care because I'm so much happier and calmer now that the apps aren't running my life anymore since I started using this method, which is a really, really important outcome of it. And then the other thing I hear a lot is just like, take the whole dating, like partner meeting thing out of it. A lot of people just saying, I love this community. Like I felt so out there and alone and I felt like I was being gaslighted all the time and I was second guessing everything. And now I realize like, we're all just kind of caught up in this crazy system. And, you know, if you have 12 and a half thousand people to talk about that with at any point in the day, that's, it's really affirming and, and comforting. I think it's better than checking your dating app. 12,000. Better than checking your dating apps. Yeah. <laughs> now we've talked about the burned haystack method in detail. And I know there's some listeners who believe that it's too harsh. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes sense to a lot of people. What's your response to that? Well, I, I do get that a lot and, I, and I'm totally okay with it because I think, I mean, the internet is a cesspool and online dating is horrible by all metrics. Like there's actually no research that suggests it works very well. The algorithms don't work. So I felt like it needs somebody to come in and call bullshit and, and be mm -hmm. kind of like a, a strict school mom type, which I'm very willing to be and, and just come in and be like, listen, these are the rules. You got to follow them. This is how you protect yourself. This is how you look out for your best interests. And this is how you, how you get smart. And I, and I also say, you know, if you want to do charity work and be really generous to people, like there are a million ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Go volunteer somewhere. You don't have to channel that into strange people on the internet. That is not the place for it. For one, it's dangerous, but it's also just a waste of time. So even though I'm like this, you know, very left-wing contemporary feminist, there's also this part of me that's like a 1950s mom who just like wants everybody to act right and meet their spouse and live happily ever after. And so that's what I'm trying to do with Burned Haystack. Sounds like really wholesome BDSM. Completely. <laughs> yeah. 
And and again, I like that you've said too that you know you can apply this to so many parts of your life. You could apply you this, could, yeah. you know, you could apply parts of this to non-monogamous relationships too. It's about oh yeah, for sure, yeah, getting yeah. rid of the bullshit. And I I like that. All right, Jenny, thank you so much for being here and making us all a little bit smarter about the apps. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a wonderful experience. Okay, it's time for Better in Five. These are your top five takeaways from this episode. All right, number one, treat the dating apps like an intellectual project. This should be a job search and not a takeout order. Nobody wants to be dating Taco Bell. I mean, I kind of do. Go on. (laughs) Number two, when writing your profile, don't tell people who they should be. Tell them who you are. Number three, when it comes to photos, be your most natural self. But remember, there's a difference between being natural and being sloppy. Number four, know your own red flags. And number five, block to burn. Rule people out and let them rule themselves in. You want to choose people because you're impressed by them, not because they didn't horrify you. Okay, Noah, were you online dating wrong for all those years? So wrong. I went through it. Mm -hmm. But I also met my boyfriend, who I'm madly in love with now. So I can't say that it doesn't happen. And I can't say it's all bad. But you know what, Raj? I feel like I was blocking to burn years before Jenny even did this. Maybe Jenny's going to actually have to give me some credit for Let's this. Let's talk to her. Though I didn't tell her about it. But <laughs> no, I was. I was setting up you know, boundaries. I was looking for red flags. I was treating it more like a job than just something to occupy my time when I was watching Wheel of Fortune. You know, It was actually something that I was committed to doing. And in the end, it worked out. I mean, that's the part, I think that was my biggest takeaway from this conversation, that it can be really empowering to intellectualize this process of looking for your person. Because when you put too much emotion into it, you can really set yourself up for disappointment. Save the emotion for the person you're going to meet. Cut it out of the process. Mm -hmm. Add it back in later. Exactly. Well, until next time, as long as there are things to get wrong, and Raj and I know that there are a lot, Amen. We're going to be right here to help you do them better. See y'all next time. Do you have something you think you're doing wrong? Email us at amidoingitwrong at huffpost.com and let us know. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. 
every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.